Rumor has it there is a secret base hidden underneath the Archelaus. So have you ever been in a spaceship? Don't try this at home. Secrets of Area 51 Reveal. I'm from Series A, not Series B. Who are you, huh? Yeah, hey, Mama. It's time to open your eyes, open your mind, and shift your paradigm. You're tuned in to another episode of All Night with Living Geeks, a podcast in which we investigate and discuss high strangeness and the weird world in which we live. I'm your host, Taylor, and across the virtual desk for me tonight is my brother, Seb. Seb, how is it going? It's going wonderfully. Happy October, the beginning of the spooky season. I'm very excited. Yeah, welcome welcome to fall. Fall. Hopefully the temperatures will fall. Hopefully some rain will fall. (laughs) We did actually get some rain, though. We did. It's amazing. Not last weekend, but the weekend before, which is pretty impressive. Not only that, but the Wednesday, so like almost a week ago, Mm. um, we had an intense thunderstorm here. Mm. Um, Just a lot of torrential rain. We even got some hail, like like quarter-inch size hail. Nice. Um, and of course, in my neighborhood, we live at the bottom of a very slight hill. It's like you really only notice it if a, if you're riding a bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, so all the water rushes down this way eventually. So the water was up over our curb, over our sidewalk, Whoa. Um, and just a few inches up our front walkway. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it was pretty insane, but it was a lot of fun because we don't get weather like that all that often. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, things are well with you? Yeah, I can't complain, you know? Good, good, yeah. good, good. How, how you doing? Doing pretty well. Doing pretty well. It's, um, oh, what? Had my birthday last month. Mm. So that was a good time. Um, you know, got to celebrate it. Uh, it's small, small celebration, but that's okay. Um, got some yeah. cool doc- Doctor Who stuff. Oh, cool. Yep. In fact, so far, everything I've gotten has been Doctor Who related. <laughs> I, Lots see of a theme. Do- I do see a theme, definitely. Lots of Doctor Who DVDs, and I kid you not, a big old TARDIS shaped tiki mug. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. Very cool. Very it cool. It is super cool. I fully plan to fill it with ice and libations at some point. Nice. But right now, it looks really awesome on my shelf. So. <laughs> oh, awesome. No complaints there. Yeah. Thanks well, happy for... birthday. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And I know we will get a chance to see each other hopefully in this yes. next month. Yes, please. We will make that happen for sure. I know. Life is... life with kids. Man. Yeah. It's just it's scheduling and it's like, hey, we want to go do these adventures. And, you know, oh, we've got violin lessons or karate or piano or whatever. And it's, yeah, they're getting to that age where there's just a lot of stuff going on for sure dude that is totally the case anyway uh, well before we get into our second part of hellier uh, uh said did you have anything particularly weird this past month well the the weirdest thing uh last week i was driving on the freeway and i ended up driving between two bread trucks and the the two lanes on either side of my car and okay the bread trucks the sides of the trucks were emblazoned with a huge image of a 
piece of sliced bread. And as both trucks, you know, were right on either side of my car, as I looked around in the inside of my car, it looked exactly like what it must look like to be inside a sandwich. So that was a interesting life experience. I mean, when I think about this, <laughs> what are the odds that you'll ever be in a situation where two bread trucks on the freeway will be right on either side of your vehicle? I mean, it's I could probably go my whole life and never have that experience again, you know? So very possibly that was pretty weird yeah i, so, I have um, to i have to ask were they different bread companies or were they the same bread company it looked like the same kind of bread it was like a whole wheat kind of deal you know okay. it wasn't like one was whole wheat one was like wonder bread you know it's not so, like it was wonder and then like what's the what's the mexican brand like bimbo no 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 bimbo. no apparently it was some sort of bread convoy that i got mixed up and who knew oh you know? man we yeah. got ourselves a convoy and it's yeah. full of carbs <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. I, did you? How about you? Any weirdness? Uh, this I month? mean, honestly, right up until about this morning, I was probably going to say that most of my weirdness came from doing research for this episode. Mm. Um, but we will get into that in a little bit. What was? I mean, the closest thing I can say to that in terms of weird is last weekend we got to visit the Bigfoot Discovery Museum down in Felton, California. Oh, that's wonderful! Uh, yeah. Had it had it been a long time since you had been there last? Very or? long time. Mm, okay. Very long time. Uh, the guy who runs it is very much getting on in years. Mm. Like he's he's got a, an oxygen machine with him, mm. kind of thing. Uh, so he's only open a handful of days a week, and he's literally open like at most four hours a day. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so we we were kind of like, okay, well, you know, kind of the route we take when we take a coast trip. You know, if we time it just right, we can probably get there just after one. And sure enough, we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I go to turn the doorknob and it's like, oh, it's, it, it seems like it's locked. I'm turning the knob mm-hmm. and the door won't open. Mm-hmm. Um, and he clearly isn't hearing the bell. <laughs> mm. And so we're like, oh man, what a bummer. I think we're going to miss out on it. So we walk around the building on the outside of the building a little bit. He's got a really cool mule, mural, excuse me, uh, that I'll try to make sure to share a picture of on, uh, on our Twitter and we walk back around to the front mm. and Amber tries the door handle, turns it the opposite direction that I was turning at, and it opens just fine. Oh, whoa. Okay. So yeah, it was totally wow. open. I... I am just having really bad luck with doorknobs lately. <laughs> well, I saw you uh, took this picture of the old uh, Patterson-Gimlin Volkswagen van. That was yes. cool. Yes. Yeah. There was, there was, it's very faded. Like I tried to use like my, my phone's photo app to kind of like you know not touch up but just like tint it such that you can see the detail better but there's a picture of yeah roger patterson's old vw bus yeah um that i hadn't seen before that's awesome um and i was like oh shoot i gotta try and get a picture of this and it's it's so faded you know so much there's like not great ventilation in that building it's small it's mm-hmm. crammed with stuff, um, but much like a good um, Hellier book list, like behind him, like behind the counter and where he sits is a massive library of his books. In fact, I saw at least two different versions of the Jerome Clark uh, unexplained book. Oh, I love that uh, book. That we're such big fans of. Yeah, I was like, wow, he's got he's got both cover variants. Cool. Um, I, I, I so love yeah. that. I love how you have like. Um... Presumably, a, like a mental list of vintage Volkswagens associated with the paranormal. You got the Indrid Cole Bug, 
the Beatles. Oh yeah, that's you right. Got yes, Gabriel Green's bus. Now you got the Patterson Gimlin bus. Yeah, you know, no kidding. We gotta go track these down, man. Seriously, not to mention stories of the Men in Black sometimes driving Volkswagens. Right. Exactly. Um, even though everybody associates like big black Cadillacs. Totally. With them, uh, obviously, big black Cadillac. Also, a uh, awesome song by the Ghoulies. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, it was fun. And, um, you know, we're there, you know, Perrin's there, Amber's there, I'm there. I, I at least make a point of being like, you know, has, I made a point before we left of asking him what his first experience seeing a Bigfoot mm. was. I figure if nothing mm. else, Perrin gets to hear this story. Right. right from this account. grizzled old guy. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, he told the story. Um, you know, you could tell that he likes telling the stories up near Laytonville, uh, California. And, um, yeah, it was really, it was really just kind of neat, uh, to listen to is he figures it probably wasn't more than 30 feet away from him. That's awesome. Yeah. Really neat. So folks, if you find yourself in the Santa Cruz mountains, uh, on a day where he happens to be open at a time where he happens to be open, mm. I highly recommend checking it out. It is, it is small, but it's, it's, it's just a neat visit. Totally. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, we are in the thick of it now, friends. This month, our look into Hellier and the events involved in this case focus on the first half of its second season. Uh, the team was busy doing lots of research during the months leading up to the release of the first season, and they recapped that here, along with some rather disturbing emails from a new person in a new place. Much of what we discuss in this episode is probably going to pay off greater dividends next month, but we'll also warn you that this month's episode leans really heavy on some pretty insane secret cipher hits. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, so um, one of the things I think we also have to recognize with the second season, and I'm not quite sure how we're going to kind of cover it, is it's a much less linear storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Hats off and massive kudos to Carl Pfeiffer, who, you know, shot and edited um, all of this um, to be able to jump kind of back and forth in time, but kind of like stay on different topics. Um, He just Mm -hmm. does a masterful job with it. Um, It's Mm -hmm. it's a joy to watch and everything. And and on top of that, uh, we also, I think, need to take a hot minute to appreciate the music of Anthony Sistone. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, because, you know, the music was great in the first season. It gets even better in the second season. Mm-hmm, um, and there is absolutely a link to Anthony's Bandcamp page where for a measly eight bucks, you can just buy the soundtrack. Oh, nice. And and have it in your hot little digital device, which you should probably cool that battery down. Um, anyway, so the... And I'm going to try not to go like just point by point mm. um, here, but the first season ends with that little email notification, uh-huh. um, and that was intentional. Uh-huh. That was because before they had finished wrapping, you know, all the final version of the first season, Greg's got an email, uh-huh. um, and it's kind of crazy. Like, they're in the middle of, he and Dana are in the middle of a live stream. I've actually gone back and watched that live stream to see if there was anything, hmm. you know, of, of importance that they were already talking about that maybe would be connected. And there, there's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically gets an email that is, 
I think they describe it as being like like the opposite of the David email, where the David email was just vague enough to be interesting, mm. right? Just enough to kind of like, you know, whet your appetite and kind of pull you in a little bit. This email from someone named Amy um, was just this almost like verbal block text of just insane goings on in the Somerset area of Kentucky. Right, and it's it's so crazy that, you know, here's Greg and his family of investigators. I, I almost feel bad calling them paranormal investigators because it seems like what they do is so much bigger than just that, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, this whole journey of theirs started with them getting uh, purportedly an email from somebody in Kentucky, you know, asking for help because there are these weird creatures. And then all of a sudden they get another email from somebody in Kentucky asking for help because of all this weird stuff going on. Yep. So there's there's definitely that that kind of like uh, similarity there. But there's so much differences. I mean, I, you know, we'll get into it in tonight's episode, but it's like uh, it's like almost like a mirror version of it of the of the earlier emails. It's yeah, I mean, it's like opposite sides opposite sides of a spectrum. And and let's mm-hmm. keep it let's keep in mind that, you know, these emails of, you know, from two different people um arrived 6 years apart. Mm, right. Right. So th- these aren't like soon after. This is, you know, lots of stuff has transpired between but yeah so this um and the amy email that's like early 2018 yes okay yes beginning of february 2018 Mm. um and it's it is really it is just over the top unhinged has like almost more detail than it should Mm. Mm. right it they they almost have this moment of like who talks like this who gives this much information um but then words are dropped like euphonauts oh yeah and it's like who it's 2018 who just uses euphonauts you know so there's there's these little things that are popping up that going like wait 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 you know this this has hallmarks of like our case Uh but this is actually more scary (laughs) yeah Uh, it's got like it's got Terry Wrist's fingerprints all over it, in my opinion. It, I, I think that's I think that's very true. Yeah. I think that's very true. Um, and by way of that, um, you know, she she says in one of the emails, because there's an exchange mm. that goes on um, uh, for, like, the better part of at least a couple of days, I think, mm-hmm. at first. Um, and, and a name gets dropped, Doug. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, who I think in her email, she claims, you know, she's known him for 20 years. Uh uh So we're talking, you know, roughly 1998 uh, or so. Um, And it's just like, okay, you know, we don't get Terry's name dropped in particular, but here's this Doug. Right. And she's saying basically like Doug is the person that suggested I get in touch with Greg, basically. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's correct. Um, So, again this is this is part of the non-linear storytelling it's like how do i go from this to the next thing that happens Mm. um part of what is also going on around this time is that um actually no i'm sorry i take that back this is actually happening a bit later this is again non-linear storytelling anyway they get the whole team together um and they're kind of going over like the research that they've kind of been doing i don't want to say in the off season but Mm. like since they wrapped Mm-hmm. filming um and and so um you know they they connor and his sister uh did some mm-hmm. research into the whole david christie uh let's call it persona mm-hmm. and they don't 
find evidence of David Christie in the Hellier era. What they do find, however, is a David M. Parsons. Right. Who lived at like a property that Greg and Dana, when they first went down there, if I remember correctly, uh, lived in a house that they thought they drove by a house and they thought, oh, that kind of looks like it, how it was right. described in the email. So they right. kind of think, well, maybe that's you know, maybe that's it. Yep. Yep. So, uh, you know, kind of fits the age range. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely lived there in 2012. Um, had a granddaughter there. So you, you've actually you've got a younger female. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the guy um they they basically they look up his facebook account yeah <laughs> they do a little bit of facebook stalking and he's like yeah this definitely is not even remotely as articulate not a doctor as I as our think. david m christie no definitely not a doctor yeah um and um so they're like yeah as far as we know david christie doesn't exist anywhere yeah. i mean i think i think last month you know you also looked around it's like hey i found one from the 19th century yeah yeah for sure you know but here's this <laughs> name that is really really close and a person that is in some ways really really close yeah you know it's kind of like what what are the odds it comes back again to this idea of like okay if this is all a hoax mm-hmm. what are the odds that you would make up something and just have it be this close to this person not to mention the kind of like you know uh uh Christian parallels between a name like Christie and a name like Parsons. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so after kind of talking about some of this uh, research, you know, Greg's like, you know what? Mm-hmm. Why don't we try the emails again? Yeah. Try emailing Christie again. We'll try emailing Terry Rist again. We'll see what happens. And the Christie one bounces and the Rist email doesn't. Yeah. And it's, it's been like, reactivated. Oh. Yeah. Oh. It's back on. Um, and again, in a lot of this research, it turns out that Connor's family has a total connection to the Pikeville area. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, right. Totally weird. Again, it's 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 one of those things where you're like, okay, how like is that is that literally truly just chance? Like one of his ancestors was one of like the founding fathers of the community or something. Correct. Like in, yeah. Like colonial times or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um. Uh, and uh, uh, Tyler Strand, mm-hmm. ever, ever the adventurer, um, a, a, a total maniac. But that guy's very, intense. That guy's he, really he intense. He really is. He really, really is. But in such a great way because it's like, yes, he's an absolute maniac. He's a crazy man. But honestly, when you listen to him talk, you look at the research that he does. In this case, he is very, very smart, and he does a fantastic job with making connections. Not only that, but at, at one point during this period of time, he specifically got a job doing cave tours so he could learn oh, wow. how to, you know, properly go caving so he could do, you know, that kind of stuff with this team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, they're kind of going over, if I remember right, they're going over the um, uh, the transcript of the Estes Method from the third episode of right. the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're mm-hmm. talking about Stillwater Bridge. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a Stillwater Bridge. It's up in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Tyler's originally from, I think it's the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Not too far away. Not too far away, yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go check it out. Um, and he goes, and there's actually, there's a lot of parallels uh in terms of its comparison to point pleasant Mm, mm. um they have a big winged statue now granted this is a butterfly that does not have abs nor an ass that won't quit (laughs) um props to everyone who went to the mothman festival this last month i didn't 
Um, but I hope you had fun. Um, there is uh, the Stillwater Bridge itself, with it, which is actually closed mm. because it's unsafe. Which is, again, another Point Pleasant, you know. Right. Connection. Right. Silver Bridge collapse, yeah. Precisely. And I think had the Stillwater Bridge not been uh, uh, discovered as unsafe, we you could have had a repeat. For sure. Of that kind of thing. And unfortunately, I mean, it really is... You know, let me just take a moment to PSA here. Um, the infrastructure in our country, at least when it comes to bridges, is not great. This is true. There this is true. sadly a lot, a lot of bridges that are not in good shape. Um, and, and not enough people in those fields to necessarily find them all and fix them all and everything. Mm-hmm. So this, it's, you know, it's kind of a, an endemic issue uh, in this country. So um, we've got these comparisons and, you know, Tyler goes, there's like, there's not really anything weird. Mm going on up here but it, you know it look here here are these parallels um yeah. and then and then as part of that they also figure out that the um the animated tin can story that john keel talks about mm-hmm. that that happened not too terribly far away in the town of long prairie yeah. uh minnesota um so we're, we're getting some points on some maps of some some strangeness and that's i say points on a map because that's going to come into play later um one of the things that comes up again with the kind of recapping of this Estes session um, is uh, a book that I know we've talked about. One that I've mentioned before is Visitors from Lanulos mm-hmm. um, that um, Woody Derenberger wrote. Right. And it's a pretty decent read. Like I'm, I'm, it's one of those books that when I got it, I'm like, okay, this was good. I got my money's worth out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out, um, that book has information about Indrid Cold's family and his crew. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a wife and kids. Wife's name is Kimmy. Uh, his kids are named, uh, let's see, Connor with one N yeah. and Connard, which mm-hmm. I have to kind of pronounce that way. Cause you're going to think I say Connor twice. Right, right. Um, he's also got crewmates, Carl Ardo and Dima Hassan. Mm-hmm. So they start to go, wait a second. So all these mentions of Carl, maybe they don't, they don't mean our Carl. Maybe they mean Indrid's Carl. Right. When they did the, the, the Estes method session right. in season one, they get all these names they think are on point because they're names of people in their film crew. But maybe it's names of people associated with Indrid Gold. Yeah. Precisely. Um, so again, we get a lot of injured. We get a lot of Mothman connection um, going on with that. And then I yeah. think this episode has probably the best, um, I'm going to call it a cliffhanger, of, oh, yeah. of, of any episode in the whole series is that goes... Um, so yeah, back in September of, I think, I think it was 2018, um, yeah, Tanya Derenberger said on our Facebook page that uh, Indrid Colton and his buddies have died. That, yeah, that was crazy when I saw that episode. Uh, now, it's really kind of funny because I, I kind of have a um, funny connection to mm. that story okay. uh, because not long after... Um, I joined the museum's Patreon of their Facebook group. I was listening to a an episode of a podcast called Web Crawlers. Okay. Uh, and they actually, I, they do a lot of true crime, but they talk about some weirdness too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they're friends with John Tenney and all of that and stuff. And they, they mentioned uh, Tanya's post about injured dying. And I was like, wait, what? Like, this yeah. is the first I'm hearing about it. Okay. Right? Because none of season two has 
you know, been produced yet. Right, right. So I, I literally, I, I, you know, I found it on Facebook and I shared it to the museum group basically being like, oh my God, did you guys all see this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Greg actually removed the post and messaged me being like, hey, um, don't be upset that that post pertains to our case. So I removed it. Yeah, because you're basically an uninvert, you're inadvertently like doing a spoiler on season two. You know Pretty I mean? much. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it's crazy because it's like, and I hope I'm not jumping ahead too far. No, go ahead, go ahead. It, uh, if I remember correctly, Tanya Derenberger claims that Indrid, or she was told that Indrid died, that his ship collided with the ship of uh, some humanoids. Yes. And earlier this year, we did an episode on, on Indrid Cold and whatnot. And um, if, if our listeners uh, can remember, the, the humanoids were that weird, like, evil space race of aliens that flew around in pink spaceships they had weird hair and they like stole things they would like steal your shoes and your watch and stuff yep and and i was really sad socks i was really sad to hear that that's how injured went out you know because (laughs) i mean but i'm I'm proud of him like saving our shoes from getting stolen you know um but i mean geez i mean uh, i mean how did you feel when like they took that message down were you like upset oh i i wasn't upset i was more like oh god did, did i upset that Oh, you I know, see, I see. I, w- I was more, like, embarrassed. I was like, oh, gosh, I, I stepped on somebody's toes here. But I think it shows how, like, good of a researcher you are because you're basically right along with them at, at the same place, you know? Um. Yeah, I mean, I was I was a little bit behind because I think it was summer of 2019 oh. that I was doing this, and it was September of 2018 that this stuff got posted. So it's, I mean, you know, I was, I was just late to the game, but, you know, I still, I still shared it, and it was still pertained to the case. So they were just like, hey, you know, shh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, okay. But there was that moment of excitement where I was like, ooh, oh, I'm onto something and it pertains to the case. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. That's just me being a nerd, so that's okay. Um, but but so here's here's the thing. I mean, you know, John Keel actually claimed that Woody Derenberger is a pathological liar. This is true. Now, was he? I I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I certainly can't say. I mean, obviously, I never met the man. I've only heard his interview and, and read his book. Um, and... I'll be honest, listening to the interviews, he doesn't strike me as one. I mean, it's my understanding that Derenberger's family members also interacted with Indrid and his yes. friends, you know? Yes. I mean, they looked essentially human. I mean, I think if you read the book, Visitors from Lanulos, mm-hmm. they basically say that their species descend from humans who left Earth and went to that planet. So in a sense, they are human, kind of, sort of. Um, <laughs> but I mean, so I mean, I guess you could say he's a pathological liar, but at the same time, somebody was hanging out with their family, you know? I mean, Tanya right. remembers like people coming over and stuff. Yeah, and um, and and playing with her when she was a child. Yeah, for sure. You know, you know? so um, so yeah, that that's really tough to say. That's kind of an unknown quantity. What I do know is that in the original Facebook post, she said she'd be posting an obituary. So that obituary never got posted. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and now she's written one book called Beyond Landulos. Okay. Um, which I haven't read yet. I'll be completely honest because i look at the price on amazon and i look at how long it is and i'm like that's not worth it to me oh really okay just yeah just looking at it because it's it's pretty short and it's like 16 17 bucks and i'm like "Mm, no this is a 10 dollar book um but that's that's you know i guess me being judgy and picking picky with how my page counts um and i think ooh shoot now i don't remember because i feel like she was saying that she was going to she was either going to or was in the process of writing another book. That's right. Um, and that 
I've never seen hide nor hair of. Mm, okay. Um, and there's any number of reasons, you know, why that could be. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, well, you know, she's making it all up. I'm not, mm. I'm not saying that at all. You know, I'm just saying it's like, oh, hey, you know, and I get it. Life happens. Things are crazy. We had a pandemic. Could be any of that. Could be all yeah. of that. That's fine. That's fine. You know, um, but yeah, they, they go visit Tanya. Yeah. And that's, episode. that's another, I love how they do. I love how they actually go out and visit these people, you know, yeah. they, you know, they could, they could just simply mention it, but they actually do the, you know, they, you know, you know, work the shoe leather and get out mm-hmm. there and like beat the bushes mm-hmm. and turn up leads and meet people. And, yep. and I think I have a lot of respect for that person. Oh, totally. And I have a lot of respect for all the kind of like 1930s, 1940s gumshoe references you just made there. That was great. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, so they, they go out there. I love that they use some of the same, uh, interview clips that we used in our Woody Derenberger episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. It's like, Oh yeah. yeah, I recognize this bit. Yep. Yep. Um, I absolutely love, like, it's so, it's so meaningful to them. It's so impactful that they actually, like, pull over and stop at, at the point where they kind of determine that, that, uh, Indrid met Woody. Right. Um, and, you know, I mean, maybe it doesn't mean anything all that big to the case overall, but it means something to them. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the big deal. And it's kind of neat to watch them kind of like talk about it and be like, ooh, it was right here. And it would have, oh man, it would have been on my side of the car and this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, what, what, Seb, what do we make of Tanya's story? I mean, she was four when the whole injured thing started. Could it just be a tale that she tumbled into and she chose to stay? I mean, at the end of the day, does it even really matter? I mean, I, I, I really don't know what to say. I mean, the the extreme skeptic viewpoint could be that her dad made up the whole thing and that she kind of kept the flame aligned and made up stuff to sell expensive books on Amazon or whatever. <laughs> um, I mean, on the other hand, you know, maybe she was encountering someone growing up as a child. And I mean, I think she claims that Indrid's sons visited her to relay the fact that Indrid had died. Yes. Um, and then Greg makes the point, well, maybe, did he? do you think he really died? Maybe he faked his death, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, which honestly, like, I, I mean, how do I say this? It, it sort of doesn't matter because presumably if through the Estes method or other forms of communication, they try to reach out to Indrid and communicate. I mean, if he's passed, I mean, maybe they're contacting his spirit. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So maybe there's still that possibility for communication, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I completely agree. I The only thing that kind of gives me pause to wonder is that, you know, she she mentions that Connor and Connard, you know, can, came to visit her in the middle of the night. Oh. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, she is in assisted living when they visit her. Yeah, that's what it looked like. Yeah. So that doesn't strike me as a place where you could just stroll in in the middle of the night. True. But I mean, if they're space aliens, they probably have all sorts of fun gadgets. And... Right. And that, that, of course, is is the counterpoint to that. Right, right. You know, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Greg goes, well, you know, do you think he could have faked his death? And she's like, sure. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's funny because, you know, it's like, where where do you think he'd hide out? Mm. And she's like, well, the Appalachian Mountain. Like, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's a great hiding place. Mm-hmm. And that's why so much weirdness is yeah. drawn here. Maybe. Um, well, and, and if nothing else, the, 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 as I understand it, I'm no geologist, but as I understand it, the, the rock of the Appalachian Mountains is some of the oldest planetary rock you can find. 
like like oh wow okay uh you know it is it's it's the old old rock that is kind of like pushed through whatever uh you know continental drift and whatnot mm. that is kind of pushed to the surface it's ancient mm. rock um which i i mean i personally think is is part of why it's so weird mm. um so gosh i'm trying to think of where to go because this is actually kind of a big episode this is this is where yeah this episode is kind of where like my research gets a little insane maybe let's talk about ashland first and then we'll come back to indrid yeah so i mean i think i mean if our listeners can remember from last month's episode a big part of season one of hellier is the book from the 1990s written by greenfield the secret cipher of the euphonaut which relays an interview, alleged interview with Terry Rist, where mm-hmm. he claims to have used the secret cipher to identify a town in America where Indrid Cold was hiding out. And there were all sorts of clues he gave, like it's really close to a restaurant called The Wagon Wheel. It was really close to the borders of some states. It's close to where there was a Mothman sighting. And so basically the, the team, the Hellier team get together and they're like, you know, we can figure this out. We can we can figure there's enough clues here that we can try to zoom and find out where that that town was where Intrude Cold was living, you know, mm-hmm. and and basically they 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 focus in on um, on Ashland, Kentucky, you know, so that's uh, that's the northeast part of Kentucky, um, and this is actually kind of fun because I remember a couple years ago you emailing me and being like, hey, listen, you know, you basically gave me the same clues, and you were like, let's let's try to figure this out, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I it was a really fun couple of days trying to go online and try to see where we could find some stuff. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised how many restaurants there are or were that was called the Wagon Wheel. Oh yeah, yeah. it's actually um, a surprisingly common name. There's there's one that's still open just down in like Carmel, you know, so it's a couple hours away. Nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, Ashland was the kind of was one of the towns that they focused in on as being fitting all these different clues, you know. Yeah, they did. So they took a lot of the one twelve cipher hits, mm-hmm. uh, stuff about letters, uh, House of God. Um, so they're they're pointing to a church. They're pointing to a post office. They the the wagon wheel. They're like there was a wagon wheel wheel restaurant um, that was allegedly here. Um, and again, they do that boots on the ground research they go into the library they start looking through like old phone books from the 70s right um and sure enough they find it mm-hmm. it's not in business any longer and it looks like the building may have been torn down maybe? yeah building was torn them. down yeah. i think they eventually do some research i can't remember if it was right on the spot or later on like connor gets his sister involved again Mm-hmm. Um, but there were dwellings, mm. um, and and so the restaurant's gone. Those dwellings are gone. It's all a parking lot now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, super impressed. They they bust out the Sanborn maps. I don't think I've ever seen Sanborn maps in any other paranormal paranormal show ever before, which mm-hmm. is just a, this is so good for me. Um, but yeah, and I think I think I think uh, I think they made the case. I, I believe it. I, I believe you know, they found I, our place. I would I would be inclined. Uh, to agree uh based on everything um you know plus on top of that you know after after they've done that after they've kind of like looked around at stuff they pass a building and you know in a um like a a floor mosaic in front of a building there's this giant word parson right like it was like like that was the name of the store back in the day or something yeah something like that yeah but of course it's one of those things where they're like oh i see yeah you're you're tying this together you're telling us we're on the right path here kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah. um so here's 
here's something kind of interesting. Okay. So so the the business it was there from seventy four to seventy eight. Hall's Wagon Wheel. Now they throw a real quick picture of the listing on screen, and so I jot down the phone number real quick. Okay. Right. The phone number was uh, whatever the local area code is out there. They didn't include that, um, but it was three two four two seven four one. And I'm like, okay, just for kicks, let's add that up. Um, so you add all those numbers up, and it equals 23, which is a popular, popular number in Discordianism. Hmm. Uh, and I was kind of like, hmm, okay, interesting. Uh, the street address, oddly enough, is 123. Hmm. Uh, and so, they, they, again, there we've got that 23 popping up. Now, here's something a little funny uh-huh. um, that I only stick in here now because I've done all this other research this past month. Um, if you uh, take just the words green man, because uh-huh. that is something that gets uh, thrown around in uh, the Amy emails, uh-huh. right? The heart of your green man. Um, so I just took green man. Green man equals 123 uh-huh. in the cipher. So the street address equals Green Man. Uh Um, Now, what's interesting on top of that is that um, there's a picture that they're able to find of Uh Hall's Wagon Wheel from back in the day. Um, Now, of course, I clue into it because I see a VW bus in the background, (laughs) right? Um, And I'm always going to clue into that kind of stuff because that's me. Um, Now, interestingly enough, Greenfield says that Back in the day, Terry Rist drove a VW bus. See, there's another Volkswagen. Yes. Um, now, oddly enough, he did say that you know a lot of the people that you know he ran around with back in the day drove old VW. Oh. It was just that kind of era. So, uh-huh. just kind of taking that with just a smidge of salt. But I was just yeah, saw that wagon wheel bus Rist. You know, you're gonna just run that all together there. Um, so at least in so far as the team's concerned, you know, this confirms to them that Terry Rist is or was a real person. Mm. Like, I, I can't remember who says it, but it's like, I think Tyler says it. I feel like we were walking in the footsteps mm. of Terry Rist here. Uh, and so the Ashland trip also confirms for them the validity of the cipher. Okay. Um, so, you know, for them, they're like, okay, these cipher hits, they work. Uh-huh, right uh-huh. we're we're sold on the cipher um but it did get me wondering like could you look at another place uh-huh. you know could, could you just pick a random place and find as many 112 hits uh-huh. as you could could you find a church and a post office and um a restaurant that kind of fits this vibe um the only things that really kind of stick out is that literally it's wagon wheel and then oh. you literally have this like I fifty two flap. You have this this Mothman connection. So mm. I, I I think uh-huh. it's very few places if you're specifically going to include those. It's kind of like when we talked about like um, you know how many places can you actually find that have a cipher value of ninety three. Okay. Um, now let me take a moment to talk about um, the. Uh, secret cipher websites that are out there now now last month in the show notes um i listed uh neq.io which is what i've had bookmarked for the longest time um and a um uh, a fellow hellier fanatic uh museum member and amazing programmer uh named chad milburn reached out and he was like hey guys i loved the episode um but i also wanted to direct you toward my site n a well, let's see, naequery.com. Okay. And that, that's going to be listed in uh, this month's 
and next month's show notes. Um, so what he's done is he's actually gone and programmed a site that you can do your regular uh, cipher things in using um, uh, the Book of the Law. Okay. But you can also compare it, uh, uh, whatever word you're throwing in or whatever value you're throwing in, against, I think it's like eight other books you could compare it against nine books total okay um which can potentially give you even richer hit um and and i'll give you some examples of that here in just a minute um and i was like oh dude yeah totally i thought he had created any any naeq.io too many vowels sorry uh and no he hadn't so i was completely wrong on that um you know made apologies um he's also the one who's designed the um secret cipher app basically that you can get for your smartphone um and that i use uh quite a bit so anyway one highly recommend it two dudes totally nice um and um three one of the things you can do with that site is you can actually put in your own chunk of text okay and go Find me anything in this chunk of text that equals a chosen value. Oh, so does it backwards? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I decided, okay, I'm going to find as comprehensive a list of California city names as I can find. Okay. And I'll be completely honest, the list was not complete. I know that there are smaller towns on there that I did not see on this list, but I was just, I wanted to work quickly just to see what I could figure out. Okay. And I'm like, okay, tell me which of these city values equal 93 out of the list i had and it was pretty long like my wrists got tired trying to uh uh you know hit a carriage return after every city um not that that ended up making a difference but anyway three there were three cities Uh uh that equaled 93 okay um and yeah so I've, i've 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 used that tool later on because well we'll get to it here in just a second anyway so at one point this is where things start to get weird, folks. Strap in. Yeah, um, at one point a year or two ago, it just on a whim, I'm like, you know what? What if I just toss like Indrid Cold into like one of those white pages websites? Right. You know, like these reverse address search things. It's it's a unique enough name. Um, and damned if I didn't actually get a return. And yeah. I was like, wait, what? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Now. Mm-hmm. In the interests of whoever actually lives there right now, I am not going to give the full address in this episode. Okay. okay? If you really want it that badly, do the research. It's out there. Yeah, it's not that hard to find. No, it's not. Um, but it was, you know, address on a you know six-character long avenue in Vandalia, Ohio, which is, okay. I think is just on the outskirts of Dayton, Ohio. And so I'm sitting there having found this again, because for whatever reason, I didn't bookmark it at the time. Okay. And I go, okay, let's let's throw aspects of this address, you know, street name and stuff, into the cipher. Mm-hmm. So I put the name of the street into the cipher. Okay. And the name of that street, right, just the name, not like the avenue or place or whatever, equals 45. Okay. Okay. And, you know, there's not a a whole lot, but, like, one of the first hits is black, like ink and black. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. huh, okay. Um, And then um, I am, which also gives me 23 Mm -hmm. I am, like the 23s we just had with the wagon wheel. And then 49 I am. And I'm like, hang on, wait a second. Like, I am 
49 place mm -hmm. is one of the 112 hits. Okay. So I go, wait a second. So if if this had been the name of this street followed by place instead of avenue, the two words together would have equaled exactly 112. Okay. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. So then I take the name of the street and I just start typing the word avenue spelling okay. it out completely and i go a v e n u i get that far and it equals 112 without the e without the e correct <clears throat> okay so phonetically it's still saying avenue it's not spelling avenue and i'm like okay now that is weird okay and i'm like huh that's interesting. So I, I kind of set that aside for half a second because I'm, you know, writing on the show notes and stuff here. So I, go, I throw Vandalia uh -huh. in. Um, Vandalia equals 58. Uh -huh. And uh, didn't have a ton of hits, but of it, house. Obviously, we're looking at a dress. There's a house there. Uh -huh. Had it. Not had it, like had it and lost it, but an actual name. This is a proper name. Had it. Um, and signs, which is also kind of interesting because one of the things that terry Riss talks about finding on indrid cold's house in ashland were a bunch of signs right yeah that's right. so i'm like okay just kind of take <clears throat> this in just kind of rolling with it um so i look back at avenue right without the e and it's i just get this in my head i just go like ave like ave maria ave okay. new right and i'm like i wonder if that means something mm-hmm I really wonder if that means something. So Ave, like, again, like Ave Maria, means to express good wishes upon meeting or parting, right? It's like Aloha. Um, and then mm. New, which I do see appear in some cipher hits, um, is the Bride of Hadit. So Hadit, which comes up as a hit for Vandalia, was married to New. Okay. Which is kind of like waving its hands at me from Ave Nu. Okay. So I'm like, okay, I feel like this means something. Okay. So I, I throw Ave, I throw A-V-E uh, into the cipher, gets a hit of 36. Um, I don't know, man. Drawn, folk, head, kill, man, mask, my, our, shout, souls, uh, talk, to all who am nothing really jumping out at me uh -huh. um so i'm like okay let's throw new in new has a value of 31 good law of or similarly of law okay. shadows soul singular okay so we've got souls and soul between them um the preposition to <laughs> work mm -hmm. um again nothing really jumping out and if i try to shove the two of them together like, you know, uh, you know, uh, head of law, you know, my soul, our work, like trying to fit something together. Nothing really kind of jumps out of it. So I'm like, okay, I'll leave that alone. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm like, okay, let's look at Ohio. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what, before I do that, let me jump into just, there's um, one of the things just to kind of understand had it and knew in terms of this and i should probably throw this uh uh link in the show notes um it's of course it's a huge long google books link okay um so there's a book that is a comment on the verses of the book of the law now this is this gets really kind of very esoteric oh shoot hang on Let's see if i can scroll back up slowly there we go um so new is 
not. Uh, it is the formless void wherein there are an infinite possible sorry, there are an infinite possible points of positive definition, although mm-hmm. none are defined until they become active points of union. Okay. Okay. So new the bride of had it is an infinite void of possible points positive definition mm. um had it is the very core of every positive manifestation within the void of new okay um and it is i mean it really only kind of gets a little bit more bizarre uh from there um but we have this kind of almost this kind of like quantum foam comparison okay. of these two where there is, you know, a void but infinite possibilities and then the core of every one of those positive manifestations. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know if it ultimately means anything, but it was really kind of bizarre. Um, so that said, I throw Ohio yeah. into the cipher um, and we get stuff like 58, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, okay, Vandalia, yeah. Um, whole w-h-o-l-e uh save 52 if which Mm -hmm. i kind of was like well maybe that means like 52 i flap if don't know that might be a stretch um for what it's worth um we will talk about some other things that equal 41 in just a little bit because it's going to get even weirder but if you throw the full word avenue with the e Mm -hmm. it equals 92 now 92 we get stuff like i am known Mm -hmm. we get strange we get too fine, but we also get wrist. Yeah, the, the, spelt like Terry wrist. Correct. And 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 for me, that's like the money shot because <laughs> I mean, okay, you have the name Indrid Cold, which is a weird name, which is allegedly the name of a space alien, which you can definitely hundred percent find in the white pages in a town in Ohio. Yeah, and the address when put into the cipher, one of the things you eventually get out of that is the name wrist. So that's crazy for me. I mean, we, we like we talked on the phone at work when I was at work. That yes, day because this was like intense. I, and... This this was I was very much using my my um, Greg Newkirk. I lost my shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like okay. Hypothetically, I mean, I'm not probably not going to do it, but hypothetically, if I write a letter to this address and address it Terry Wrist, is it going to go to Terry Wrist? <laughs> is this where Terry Wrist lives? Maybe now these days, I, I I don't know what this means. You know, couldn't couldn't tell you but that that was very it was very weird yeah and it's also weird too because there's so many websites now where you can type in a person's name and it'll say you know what their credit history is or other addresses they've lived at and this person that allegedly lives in ohio that's by the name injured cold it's like i find these i find this person on some of those websites it's like this person has no credit history. This person has no past addresses. This person has no known relatives. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sticks out like a sore thumb, you know? It is weird. Now, there, there's actually, there are a couple of bands that use Injured Cold as their name. And I had to just double check just to make sure. Maybe maybe this is the band's mailing address. I'm like, <laughs> just to be sure. No, right. one, one I think is based out of New Jersey. And the other is based out of like the Czech Republic. Oh, well, we solved that mystery. Oh, yeah. So it was just one of those things, just try to do um, due diligence. Oh, yeah. And kind of like check every stone with, with this. Um, so, yeah, things got weird. Okay. And 
then we get through an episode and then it gets even weirder oh. um because by the time we get to part eight we get to borderlands they they've gone to point pleasant uh-huh. it's christmas time we can now say that hellier is a christmas movie debate me folks I will win. Um, and it is. It's beautiful. It's, 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 I love, it's so easy for us to get caught up in, um, you know, kind of the, um, the, the, the cipher hits and, and the books and the references. And it's going to get even crazier next month with those. But we have to just take a moment. We have to talk about just how beautiful it is. They're, they're driving into Point Pleasant. It's rainy. Uh, there's Christmas music playing. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's so gorgeous it's shot yeah. so well i love it uh-huh. it it hellier has spoiled any other paranormal show for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just can't because nothing looks as good no yeah um but it's it's interesting because I, one of the things they also show is they they show you know connor getting a chance to kind of like read the amy emails oh yeah and he's just like, no, no, I'm not okay with this. No, yeah. This he's... this has stopped being fun. I always feel so bad for him. Yeah, because the Amy emails, I mean, I don't even know if we've really talked much about it, but I mean, when you think of like the David Christie emails, they're they're spooky, but they're kind of fun too. It's like little alien people running around. But right. like the, the Amy emails are like, yeah, the police department and the U.S. Marines are abducting people in caves and killing them. And it's more like government conspiracy. It It's, yeah, it's definitely. Human sacrifice. Right, yeah. Yeah, so um, and and we'll get panic. we'll get yeah. into it more with uh, the episode "Your Green Man," mm. but um, but you're right. The the David Christ emails are a lot more like, hey, it's a retelling of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Yeah, it's it's spooky, but they're more curious, right? And they're they're, they're kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> and then the Amy email is like, you know, it's it's kind of like you know the the alt right, um, deep state, you know, like kind of pizzagate crap where it's just mm-hmm. like you know the government is out to get you i don't know where my punctuation button is and this is just massive stream of consciousness of like every regurgitated alex jones talking point uh you know delving into you know throwing some occult satanic panic on top of all of that as well yeah. and, um, and and in this crazy. episode yeah and in this episode Connor's like he's like kind of shying away from that but at the same time there's so many little things in the emails that are like words turns of phrase things that point to Terry Riss that's like you know we, he's upset because he basically can't ignore it yeah you know what I mean you yeah. have to investigate it but he doesn't want to because it's just so not not in his wheelhouse I guess I don't know yeah totally no 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 and and I mean honestly if if I were in any of their shoes I'd probably be just as freaked out Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you go in investigating ghosts and expecting goblins and even just finding like, you know, Keelian level high strangeness. This is this is these emails are like the darker side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of all of that. Um, and, and it's yeah, I, I would shy away from it, too. Um, but they go into Point Pleasant. And I, I, I love that Greg kind of talks about um, both Mothman and Pleasant as, as a representation of change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I like that idea, and I, I feel like that idea kind of like permeates, um, you know, the whole case mm-hmm. so far. And I'm, I'm saying that obviously thinking about uh, some of the stuff that we'll talk about next month. But there is this idea of change and rebirth and new rituals and stuff like that that kind of permeates all of this. Um, so they ultimately 
decide to go do, and we, we shared a little bit of this audio um, in our Methods of Communication episode, they go and do a combination uh, God Helmet Estes session method mm-hmm. uh, session in one of the domes outside of Point Pleasant down at the TNT domes. Right. Um, and this is where we get um, kind of the idea of aliens and ultra-terrestrials speaking in more than just words, in colors and emotion um i can't i can't remember what the exact quote it was like you know do it do it orange oh yeah that's right right and it is do it with warmth um and and we get stuff you know like um you know connor's name graffitied on one of the walls and just like oh okay not that it's an uncommon Uh you know um they get these beeps that sound like morse code but aren't Uh and that I don't know maybe that kind of plays into something we'll talk about next month um it, i i cackled when he goes pizza man mm-hmm. <laughs> now i've i've totally got a funny story about pizza man oh okay i totally do it it obviously it, my story doesn't relate to hellier in any sense outside of just those two words being used mm. now granted i didn't think to throw pizza man to the cipher i probably should have but mm. um when my kids were i mean like maybe toddlers mm-hmm. right and um and our mom was over one time uh they go i can't remember i think they go running over to the front door and they're going pizza man <laughs> pizza man pizza man's here um and it was just it was one of those kind of funny things that it was like they they had this whole little kind of story going on (laughs) with this imaginary pizza man um and so anytime now obviously that we get pizza delivered you know and they ring the doorbell or knock on the door or whatever we we all shout pizza man (laughs) because of this and now we have this pizza man reference in Mm -hmm. here um so during the session one of the questions comes up where is indrid Mm -hmm. the answer comes back circle so i'm like all right code phrase let's throw it in the cipher okay circle equals 88 okay which is interesting by itself just because those are four circles this is true um 88 gives us stuff like uh and place again we get like i am 49 place we get and place uh droop down ecstasy uh hear me uh 57 invoke and i i i looked for anything that really kind of jumped out in other things that was like oh this equals 57 and i haven't found anything yet uh, is an end uh strangely enough end equals the same value as the street that came up oh yeah uh so where's indrid is an end yeah uh, so that could be interesting. Master, Nations, uh, not Pack, Peril. Where's Indrid? Peril, maybe. Uh, in danger. And this particular episode kind of finishes up with Carl's idea of bridges and borders. Mm. Um, um, uh, rivers being um, both borders between states, between counties, between cities, um, and as well as avenues for travel. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and maybe not as much these days with airplanes and trains and automobiles and everything um but you know you certainly think back you know to when a lot of these places along rivers were founded those were travel points um and then bridges being transition points you're transitioning from not just one side of a river to another but oftentimes one state to another yeah one city to another um 
And so what they're implying with this is that we're starting to get this idea of liminal space okay. introduced. And it's going to come up more later on and quite a bit more next month. But this this liminality uh, kind of in their theorizing, in their idea, kind of leaves things open for strangeness to come through um, because things are kind of kept unsettled like you think about a hotel there's people in and out of hotels constantly hotels are incredibly liminal space mm. uh, so anyway um we'll we'll talk more about that as we go on but i feel like episode nine i feel like you're green man i keep bumping the surfboard next to me um really like now we're lighting the tires we're getting in the meat and potatoes of this season um you know it's kind of funny because you know here we are we're doing all this digging into stuff they're doing all this research and at the same time it's kind of like the harder you look for the weirdness the strangeness the answer the less likely you are to find it sometimes no matter how deep you get into something you kind of have to just step back and let go and be like okay all right fine i'm gonna step away i'm gonna look somewhere else i'm gonna do something else Uh and then something comes to you so now we finally get kind of like into amy at this point um and so we 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 get a a recreation of uh amy you know typing out the email with the voiceover Uh um granted as as a person she doesn't strike me as somebody who would wear a quicksilver hat but hey you know nice little surf brand thrown in there um now realistically with a little bit of googling uh i was able to absolutely confirm she's a real person she is most definitely in jail um so all the stuff that they say they're like oh yeah you know she gives all this information yep she was emailing a bunch and then she kind of just dropped off the map oh it's because she ended up in jail and she's in uh like somerset kentucky right uh yes okay she's in the somerset area and they you know they they drop road name, uh, you know. Uh, Greg and Tyler eventually go do a little bit of reconnaissance in the area. There's a couple things in the background. I mean, it's you know you can kind of figure out where some of these places are. Yeah. Do I necessarily recommend you know just bombing down there for fun and and poking around? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know these these the people in these areas. These are their places. You know they're not ours. Um, and I think I mean I've been to rural, rural parts of Tennessee. I can only imagine rural parts of Kentucky are much the same. You don't just go traipsing onto somebody's property. Mm. You know not unless you are looking to meet the business end of a pistol or a rifle. Um, so by all means, Google to your heart's content. Prove to yourself that this stuff is real. But I'm not going to advocate anybody just traipsing out there and being like i'm an investigator now Uh. don't do that folks um but yeah she is definitely real um and um i will at least say this it does seem like her surname has quite a bit of history in that area um i will leave that at that okay um but yeah getting getting into her emails I, i feel like there has to be some whether it's paranormal a hoax something else some connection between the aim emails and the david christie emails um you know do we have some sort of terry wrist connection with this mysterious doug that gets mentioned you know is it is it a pseudonym right is 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 wrist just playing doug um there's just i mean for me there's too many coincidences oh yeah um, especially 
especially because season one didn't even air when this email was sent. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. I mean, it's it's it would be one thing if season air season one had already dropped. Somebody saw it. Somebody kind of decided they were going to intentionally kind of create a mystery or whatever. Yeah, you know? insert but, themselves into the narrative. Yeah, um, and and they've had plenty of emails and, like and, that since things have come out. And, and just really briefly, just for the the sake of our listeners, I mean, the Amy emails, just to paraphrase or summarize, I mean, she's claiming to have been, I guess, camping in the woods with her boyfriend. Yep. They hear her screaming. They find a cabin. There's like almost like a secret elevator that goes down. There's weird chambers. People have been tortured and killed. There's strange creatures or beings with wands that can like paralyze you, I think. Yeah, we'll get into the wands too in a little yeah. bit here. And then she claims that the law enforcement's mixed up in this, the Marines, like whole government conspiracy thing. Like it's a pretty, it's a pretty out there intense uh, set of emails, but they're very detailed and um, they use terms that come straight out of the earlier um, David Christie, Terry Rist emails. Yeah. Um, the word slough ap- yeah. appears in both sets of emails. Um, yeah. Euphonauts. Yeah. You know, I mean, so. I, th- I, th- I think she even talks about there being like, like a hum under the ground, mm-hmm. you know, you get kind of this, this, you know, I, I don't know if it's similar, but like a Taos hum kind mm-hmm. of vibe to it. There's a whole manner of stuff. Like they would, I don't know, they would like power something off, like, you know, whatever car was parked there at the time they'd rotated. It, 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 this is just unbridled insanity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of some of the stuff. Um, but uh, I wonder like, you know, without knowing more about her specifically, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, what what would possess her to give that level of detail about herself? Is there some sort of induced paranoia? Like the whole, you know, if I, die, if I die, here's info to prove I was real kind of thing. Is Is she naturally that paranoid? Does she think like that? Or does this mysterious Doug, whoever slash whatever... He is, because this is about to get really weird. Mm-hmm. You know, is there some sort of, for lack of a better term, supernatural influence being laid on Amy to get her to create this email, to send it to Greg and the team to get them to come to Somerset because something? Yeah, both sets of emails, the Amy emails, the David emails, they're both trying to get them to kind of go to Kentucky and yeah. get an offer help of some kind. Yeah. Um, and in, in the case of the David emails, it's kind of, you know, you could say that David never existed. He doesn't exist. But at the same point, um, it's clear that somebody wrote them. Um, oh, yeah. I, I think that or something wrote them. And I, I personally believe they were written by the person known as Terry Rist, whether or not that's his real name, whether or not he's a human or not, I don't know. Um, and I think that that entity or person also is Doug and went by that name. That's just my gut. I don't have yeah. any evidence for that. And and that, and that's that's totally fair. But, you know, again, it's, it, it is. It, there's something I feel, you know, um, because, spoiler, they eventually do interview her. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I get the vibe that she most definitely wrote this, but I feel like there's an influence, maybe not like she's being hypnotized, but something is like she, she will ramble about 
this, you know, grand, you know, authority conspiracy and then just drop something very specific from Terry Riff. Yeah, uh, I, 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 there's more I want to say, but I think it would, it would fit more in next month's episode. So I'm yeah. going to bite my tongue for now. No, nope, but we'll come back fair. to it in a month. That's fair. <laughs> we will. We will. That's the problem with splitting season two into <laughs> two episodes. Otherwise, well, we had to, yeah, otherwise it'd be a four-hour episode. It so absolutely we, had, we had to do it. We had to do it. Okay, so let's talk Doug for a second. Right. Um, now, you know, Dana very no, most notably says, who the is Doug? Yeah. And, oh, Dana, don't, don't worry. Don't you wait. Don't you... Oh, man. Okay, so Doug threw Doug into the cipher. Doug equals 41. Okay. Okay. You know what else equals 41? Ohio. Mm. Okay, so it's like, oh, okay. So Ohio comes back. Now, thanks to Chad Milburn and naequery.com mm-hmm. i could now look at a bunch more text and and i think at first i grabbed like lieber seven okay i've since I, I i have them all turned on now i i just anytime i search something i've just got all nine books like let's just look at everything and as i'm going through that mm-hmm. i lost my shit mm. um because doug equals 41 equals pan mm. and pan i mean we're going to get into Pan. Oh, yeah. Very okay. much so. We're going to go there. And then what's even weirder is as I'm doing this research, I've been having this urge to rewatch the Disney Plus series Loki. Oh, okay. Great show. Great show. The set design's amazing on it. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. And then I go, why do I feel like I have to throw Loki into the cipher? Okay. Guess what Loki equals in the cipher? Pan? Yep. Loki mm. equals 41 equals Pan equals Doug. Interesting. At this point, I'm really kind of losing my mind here because yeah. I feel like this can reframe the entire case. Mm. Um, but then I go a step further. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just come up with as massive a list of gods and goddesses as I can think of. Okay. And I... I'm going to run it through basically the res- the reverse cipher. Oh. Um, and so I go through Greek, Roman, Egyptian, mm-hmm. Norse, and um, oh my gosh, I don't even have it on the computer I'm on right now. It's on my computer. Celtic? Um, Celtic, I think. Yes. Yeah. Celtic, pagan, something like that. Um, and so Hades mm. also equals 41. Okay. Uh and just for kicks, um, I thought I had no. Okay, these were the ones that were most uh, important. Um, so now I'm at a point where I'm just just Pan and Loki, mm-hmm. absolute trickster, right? Right. So for me, it's like now I'm, again I'm making guesses at this point. Like I am just uh, throwing stuff out there. Oh, mm-hmm. and fun fact, I did email Greg the info about that address in Vandalia. Oh, just cool. being like, you know what? I, you guys may have already like looked at this and debunked it or done something with it, but I'm just going to throw it out. Here's the cipher hits we had. And holy crap. Well, I got to tell you, there are parts of season two where they get like shouts out, shout outs to... Yep. Like viewers of season one who like try to do their own research and yep. find some interesting stuff. Yep. Like fingers crossed. I really hope, man, that you get like a shout out in season three. Season three. Cause that would just be like the coolest thing ever. I, I wouldn't say no to it. I'd be quite flattered. Um, but at the same time, 
you know, if anything, I'm I'm finding that a lot of the stuff that I discover along the way, they've discovered a long time ago. Um, and that's okay. And that's okay, because we're all on our own paths here. So I, I, I could Terry Wrist be a manifestation of Loki or Pan, or an agent of one of them. Um, now, there are two other names that come up in an Estes Method session that we're going to talk about next month. And so we are going to look at those names as well, probably with comparing them to also this massive list of gods that I've come up with and right. goddesses. Let's be even here. Gods and goddesses. Um, just to see if maybe those pan out and we have three names. We have this like triumvirate of influence here. So anyway, I, this just my brain just kind of melted quite honestly um, with this. So we look into um, we look into that um, and yeah, I mean, she even drops slough, right? Short little ugly fucker, which you know originally was was a very obviously derogatory uh, term meant for the Viet Cong, but you know we can apply it just as easily to goblins, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? Powerful trolls, whatever. Um, and just just one more thing here on Doug is um, something in. Amy's email says, you know him by the warning. Uh. Um, and I went, what if, could it, could it have been the dude in the first season of Hellier, in the town of Hellier, right? When the whole team goes there and we meet Moon Landing Denier guy and everybody. Yeah. Um, where he's kind of like, hey guys, you know, what, watch out who you trust around here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a warning. Well, that, that I, I think you're onto something. Could that have been time? Doug? That could have been Doug, but on the other hand, wasn't there an in one of the episodes? Wasn't there an Estes method where one of the things that Dana said was "Don't trust Doug"? Yes, and we will we will talk about that next month. Right. Okay. I because that up. that that happens in episodes that we cover next month. Oops. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's and that that's those other two names that come up during that same session. Okay. We will talk about those guys next month. I know gotcha. it's it's easy again. It's we had to split we had to split the season. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I figured okay, crazy idea. But what if by the warning is actually a name, right? Like saying, oh, you know him, Francis or whatever. So you know him by the warning. By the warning equals one sixty six. Strangely enough, means a secret name. Mm. Uh, also uh, gets a hit of invoke thee. Okay. Right. So if you again think forward to the end of the season with we invoke thee maybe by the warning also equals the new chapel and that's only interesting because chapel basically equals church basically equals kirk the new yeah chapel um 166 also equals the spirit and name of the lord so that i don't know kind of some weird hits Uh there but the other thing we get in this episode is strand finally making the trip to the coordinates in north carolina right so just for our listeners for the benefit of them if you haven't watched hellier yet in season one there is an email one of the one of these mysterious emails that greg gets uh it's an email of a photograph of a piece of paper on which is written a couple things one of them is this word slough that we've mentioned. The other is a series of digits, which he or one of his friends feels looks like GPS coordinate, which turns out, if you can see that they are GPS coordinates, relate to a place in North Carolina that was almost exactly near Brown Mountain, which was where they were visiting boots on the ground at the same time I think they got the email. 
or shortly after? It was after, but it was. Um, it was pretty. It, it was. Soon, it was like close. A week or yeah, something. it was pretty close enough to be, uh, uh, you know, up on their radar. Which is pretty creepy when you think about it. So this episode's kind of fun because Strand actually he's like, you know what, I'm going to drive out to where these coordinates were and see what's there. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's pretty cool. And what does he find? Well, he goes hiking into the forest and he basically gets to where this these coordinates are mm-hmm. um and he comes basically across an old happy birthday balloon right popped and deflated by the way mm-hmm. worth noting and then also what looked like something had kind of like thrashed a tree oh yeah that was weird it like, was like not like a... the brakes looked recent like that that wood looked fresh but it wasn't just like a tree that had fallen down or was chopped down. It was like a tree that almost like exploded. Yeah. Like it's like splinters everywhere, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah. And, and there's no real explanation as to what would have caused that kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, but yeah, balloons, which we will again talk about more next month. Welcome to the new mundane object of cheese new meaning moment. Right. So um, hold, hold, hold that thought. Folks. Yeah. Balloons. Keep that hold, in mind Hold that thought. Month. We'll come back to balloons. We'll come back to balloons. Um, Obviously, we also get this uh, uh, random moment of a helicopter flying over and Tyler mm. being very paranoid. Yeah. Granted, if they had like premium access to some flight tracker software, they could have easily figured out if that was just a coincidence or not. Um, unfortunately, it's so long ago now mm. that I don't think you could just, you know, hop into like Flight Radar 24 and be like, okay, on this date, at this point, what was flying over? Mm. Because everything is broadcasting some sort of identify uh, um, marker, okay. helicopter, plane, whatnot. Um, so, but but in the moment, um, Tyler accidentally exits out of his uh, GPS app. Okay, doesn't have enough signal to regain it, so he's basically kind of lost at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, um, I mean, wisely. Uh, kind of gets his bearing as, as best he can, you know, hikes till he can uh, get better bearings, and then he ends up at a house. Right, right in the middle of the woods. Right in the middle of the woods. You know, he knows he's going to be okay. Obviously, there's a driveway. It's going to go out to a road. He'll be fine. Um, but he can't help but go up to the house. Yeah. And to his credit, because I don't know that I would have, you know, he basically knocks and says, hey, look, um, sorry, hate to bother you folks, you know, but I'm research, researching this this thing, this case, and I got these weird numbers, and we think it's GPS coordinates. Has anything weird been happening around here? And they're like, mm, nah. And all the while they're talking, there is a carving of a green man on the tree near them. Right. And I think it's funny because, like, he goes, oh, is that a green man? And, she, and he says, and she goes, no, it's just a man. And, and this is interesting because the Amy emails, one of the things they, 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 she claims is that there are, there are these weird covens of important people sacrificing kids to, um, and there's a green man involved in this whole lore of her emails, basically. Right, and it starts off that they're thinking of it like you're green man, like little green men, like the Kelly green men. Mm. Um, and then they kind of like embrace this idea of like the more uh, nature spirit, Wiccan, uh, green man, you know, ultimately kind of like a pan figure yeah. or I'm, I'm, oh God, I'm blanking on the more uh, traditional name. I want to say it's Sir Nanoth. I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Apo- yeah, that sounds, that apo- sounds familiar. Apologies to our pagan friends if I messed that <laughs> up. Um, so he gets back to his car hmm. and he 
calls Greg and Dana to be like, hey, I'm okay, everything's cool, knock on the window, and it's a cop. It's a lot of cops. <laughs> it, well, yes, it ultimately is a lot of cops. And this, man, this little tale of like, you know, basically like, hey, we notice when people come into town. And uh, you said you were heading out of town, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm heading out right now. Yeah, he claims to have been geocaching. I mean, in all defense... Like, if I was living somewhere and Strand shows up at my doorstep and he starts talking about scary numbers and stuff, I mean, honestly, I'm calling the cops, too. Oh, no offense, Strand. I didn't oh, no. invite him in. Oh, no, I would have been really, <laughs> you know, he's 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 a great guy, but it's just, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, maybe if I didn't know who he was. Yeah, you know, you know, but um, yeah, but that's him, you know, that's him. Yeah. So, um, it Yeah. But he's basically, like, escorted out of town. Yeah, right, right. You know, by a fleet of cops. Uh, which, yeah, that's really just kind of a little terrifying. Uh, but the this particular episode wraps with them um, kind of looking back at uh, a Terry Wrist email when it's like, why did you stop when you were so close? Mm-hmm. And they go, well, maybe they didn't mean where we were maybe they mean this alien abduction hypnosis experiment yeah now that unfortunately we don't really touch on until next month right right so hold um, that. so we hold yeah that we'll we'll hold that thought but it does read like if that's what it's referring to uh-huh. that really heavily implies that you know terry slash the phenomena slash whatever is watching Mm -hmm, right right. it has that that kind of like third person narrator perspective um there was even a live stream and they don't reference it in any part of hellier um but it it is one of those things you can watch if you're a museum member and in their facebook group and this was from well it it was february um and it was in 2019 and during this they get the vibe that or the sense that someone is trying to remote view them Mm, uh and that just like again doesn't come up in hellier but it's one of those things that like me kind of like trying to make my own connection Uh and i could be totally wrong but i feel like it again it's it's something outside of our space and time is able Mm -hmm. to see all the slices of our time Mm. and is able to direct Mm -hmm. things so at this point now you know we're we're getting into our our last episode of the month um you know the halfway point of season two season one at this point still hasn't been released yet right they're filming stuff before season one even drops yes yeah um and we again via strand get uh introduced to editorpa this was a great episode because i feel like for season two some of my favorite parts are not so much like you know them driving places or doing ss session methods ss method sessions but just like when they basically all meet up and share like the research notes mm-hmm. that they've generated mm-hmm. yeah, i don't know i just i find it really compelling you know oh it completely is because we're we're finally getting to a point in this season and in their research where they're really reaching out um you know not only does uh tyler bring up editorpa in this episode also brings up some stories from a book called uh the inhumanoids uh which i currently have on my kindle 
Mm. Um, and I'm reading, but this is the point where like they really start noticing pattern. Right. So Strand finds this book written in the late 19th century, um, and it's 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 crazy because in some ways it really relates to the whole Kentucky cave goblin uh, idea. Yep. It's a, it's basically about uh, a guy who is led through underground caves in Kentucky, um, meeting all these weird creatures, basically. Um, the book is called Edadorpa, which is the name Aphrodite spelled backwards. Correct. Aphrodite being, you know, the Greek goddess and also, you know, also Venus. Yes, Venus. Yeah, yeah yep. right. So we've got our Venusian connection. Venusian connection, you know. Um, uh, they also do a whole bunch of uh, fact-checking on the Amy emails. Mm-hmm. You know, are there any... Is there any any possible validity to her crazy stories of weird creatures with wands that can kind of immobilize you? Um, uh, they find tons of new like um, is that the book that you mentioned? The, yeah, the Inhumanoids. The Inhumanoids. It's kind of like a compilation of just really bizarre um, accounts of encounters with strange otherworldly creatures. There's mm-hmm. tons of instances of people going into caves and finding you know weird creatures with wands that can paralyze you um they even find a whole bunch of like news articles about people who are found like murdered in caves in that part of kentucky or that part of the country yep. you know which is just really creepy um you know like well, all sorts of and let's let's not forget one of the reports from the loveland frogman incident that we covered they're carrying wands. right a cup yeah yeah like last year i think we did that episode mm-hmm. exactly <coughs> Um, and it's crazy because that's that for me, that's super, those are really super, this is a super creepy episode because they're basically saying, yeah, the Amy emails are cracked out, but there's all these other stories that kind of check out a lot of what she's saying. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Again, you know, we've got, we've got, you know, little men, barely five feet tall. We've got, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not using the term toward anyone, but again, short little fuckers. Um, and so, you know, even even the the book in the background of the the numbers, mm-hmm. um, right? Talking about the the Menehune, right? The the little creatures of Hawaii. Um, there's that. Um, we get um, again the humming sound, right? Mm-hmm. Get this in the cipher: hum and slough have the same value. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, gee. Um, so there's yeah, there's so much. They they talk about. Um, uh, they talk about uh, how Aleister Crowley maybe did a ritual and uh, connected with this character creature named Lamb. Oh, geez. Now that's just super creepy. Because yeah. you have Crowley, who's sort of like a big character in the early 20th century world of the occult. Yep, yep. He's, they talk about how he did some sort of occult ritual in the early 20th century in like new york city summoned this weird otherworldly being called lamb he drew a picture of it looks sort of like a gray alien with the big round head mm-hmm. you know and then they're, they're talking about some people think that you know what we see are great as gray aliens are actually like interdimensional <laughs> creatures released through a portal that that crowley created basically inadvertently during this ritual you know yeah totally creepy totally creeped me out super creepy um so yeah so there's there's tons of connections going on here um and and as freaky as many of them are i'm 100 percent here for it because i just feel like it gives all this that much more validity um like one of the weirdest like stories that kind of comes up out of this um in humanoids but at least i think it was in that one um is the story and it doesn't really 
pertain to it, but it's so out there. It's so incongruous that I wanted to mention it. It's the story of like this 10-foot Yeti mm. making a crying baby sound. Ugh, creepy. Right? It's a total WTF moment. Like, I try to picture that. I try to picture what it would be like to see this ginormous hairy monster, mm. but all I'm hearing is a baby crying, which of course is one of those sounds that Keel talks about with high strangeness, door slamming. Like door slamming and baby's crying. Yeah. Right, but mm-hmm. it, they're just, they don't fit together, which is so insane. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, they, they this is the episode where Greg and Tyler make this kind of like recon mission out to Somerset, mm-hmm. um, and they're checking out a lot of these places, and Dana's like, yeah, I really wasn't too thrilled with them going, but I said, you know, don't go in caves. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, sure, and then they go in caves. And the very first thing they do is go in caves. Um, there's like all yeah. these bones everywhere. Oh, right, creepy. there's bones, you can hear rushing water, and I think through that rushing water they feel like they're hearing voices. I, oh. you know it's tough to say because it's yeah. you, with rushing water you kind of have that white noise effect mm. um but they're um they're talking about the kind of like somerset green man research mm-hmm. connection um a lot of this is at this point like in my journey kind of like watching hellier this is where like for me a lot of that like interconnectedness of everything mm. like connecting to the fae and the aliens and the cryptids and 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 the high strangeness it's it, this is kind of the point where when i am originally watching it i'm going mm. okay yes it's all connected mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's all connected um but when carl starts drawing lines between places oh yeah like on a map yes he's using right. using google earth and he's like plotting points Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, here is you know the the uh, animated tin cans, and here's Stillwater Bridge, and here's I think Point Pleasant, mm-hmm. you know, and and making these connections. Here's where Woody and Indrid met. Here's Point Pleasant. Here's Ashland. Here's Somerset. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of like talking about the implications of that because it, the, these are all different points in time, at least up through Ashland, mm-hmm. where Indrid allegedly live right you know so, but then it connects with somerset it's like okay did injured ever live in somerset now the line that goes through um the animated tin can siding and Stillwater and point pleasant when they mm-hmm. showed it on the map i'm like god that really looks like it comes pretty close to vandalia oh really so i hopped onto google earth i recreated that line mm-hmm. and now Carl totally admits it's very hard to draw a straight line on a globe. So there's yeah. a little bit of, you know, there's there's margin for error, mm-hmm. you know. But then he also tries to connect it, connect lines to other points like, you know, uh, Rashad's house or, you know, this other place. And there's some stuff that just no matter how you try it, stuff doesn't line up. Mm-hmm. So the it, implying that the stuff that does line up has greater meaning because you can't just make a line out of anything. Right. So that particular line through Minnesota and down into Point Pleasant is 17 miles away from Vandalia. 
Yeah, that's pretty close. I on the scale of a globe, I would still call that pretty close. Wow. You know. Um, and so one of the things they either talk about, they talk about the 37th parallel. Um, mm-hmm. I've got that book, the Ben Mesrich book. They talk about um, what what I always find interesting is that in terms of West Coast to East Coast, in terms of America, with that line of longitude, it starts in Santa Cruz, California. Nice. And there's always the the bumper stickers, keep Santa Cruz weird. And I think yeah. I think that's the way to do it is that it's on the 37th parallel. Um, so yeah, we we wrap this half and almost this month with Tyler Strand, the man with a plan and a really kick-ass song um, of staying up at the Buck Creek Bungalow, which is kind of right in the heart of where they want to be to do this research. And they've got this perfect place to set up shop and they've got, you know, lots of ways to be like, we're here to enjoy the creek and we're here to, you know, it's basically like a, a Airbnb. Right. They're going to like paddleboarding is their kind of cover story. For yes. Investigating, you know, weird, you know, cults and stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So before we move on, mm-hmm. there are a few things that I made a point of throwing into the cipher that we haven't mm-hmm. talked about. Right. Just yet. Like I said, this is a cipher-heavy episode. Um, and as part of that, um, euphonauts, mm-hmm. right, has a value of 103. Um, and some of the hits that kind of have um, meaning, uh, earth in, or okay. obviously you can reverse it, in earth, mm. uh, eternal, uh, friends, I had it am there's had it again there's had it again maybe had it is a euphonaut uh lovely star we'll talk more about stars next month yeah uh euphonauts also equals man and woman Hmm. um euphonauts equals red gleam right sometimes sometimes a ufo is just a bright shining thing in the sky Hmm. the red gleam um euphonauts also equals the clouds which i thought Hmm. was kind of cool so here's here's a really funny one euphonauts equals cipher (laughs) that's that's circular. <laughs> yep. So it's the secret cipher of the cipher. Yeah. And then lastly, euphonauts also equals the fawn. Mm, F-A-U-N. Like, yeah. Right? Like, like pan. Like pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. Precisely. Um, we talked about green man equaling 123. Green, green man uh, also equals every man. Mm. Um, it equals stuff like ugh, let blood flow. Most dire. Um, this one, I don't, we don't have like a complete thought with it, but I thought it was worth throwing it in. Green man of the wand and. Mm. There you go, wands again. Yep, but we get wands. <clears throat> yeah. Kinsfolk, temple, um, green man equals that I am a god. Uh, the eyes, the knower, the warrior. The, let's see, what was that? Chevy C10 pickup? Probably. Maybe? <laughs> uh, uh, green man also equals all the wine. Hmm. Primal joy, the waters, the wines, three word, and world of the old. It has a lot of really interesting hits. Now, if yeah. we add your to it and we go mm-hmm. your green equals 174 okay uh we get come unto me uh continuity uh we get every star i am okay we get giver of life we get regenerate kind of interesting we get the key of it mm. and then we get the mount mm. now that i find really interesting with the brown mountain 
with Brown Mountain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, we also get Under the Stars. Uh, we get, uh, oh, The Crystal Cave mm. equals Your Green Man. I'm like, ooh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. All right, Somerset. Somerset equals 124, uh, which equals All I Desire equals Am Above You. Uh, Caress of Hells. Ooh. Sorry, Somerset locals. Um, Conquest, uh, which I always find interesting when I hear Conquest comes up because, uh, what is it, the law of the Battle of Conquest mm-hmm. was, uh, something Terry Rist was very interested in. Um, this one is interesting because when I say two, it's actually the number two, mm-hmm. but you, I suppose you can interpret it otherwise. But Somerset equals 124 equals had it to come. We got had it again. Got had it again. Uh, we've got I am in heaven. Mm. We have in eight, uh, my ecstasy, uh, promises, prophet, rich will be sacred unto the pillars, mm. the vice, throne of Ra, right? Ra being the, the sun god. Mm. Somerset equals 124 equals understand. Mm. And then get this, Somerset equals shall be a sigil. Mm. That's an interesting one. Um, Somerset also equals and the clouds. The clouds, remember, mm. equals euphonauts. Mm-hmm. Um Somerset also equals two galaxies. Somerset equals the whole world. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, slough equals 42 equals blood, cross, dam, here, kiss, our law, sin, star, uh, want, horns, hum, lakes, pool. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Ashland. Ashland, 33. Hell. Interesting. Hmm. But again, hell year yeah maybe uh grow words seal no almost there folks i swear two more because today i felt the need to put in venus and aphrodite oh good venus equals 71 okay and i can feel my throat drying out because i've been talking too much am alone burrow like underground Mm -hmm. uh chapel falling parallel I find that one interesting. Mm. I find that one interesting uh, because of Robert Short. Okay. Uh, and the, the idea of, of maybe these contactees who are like, oh, yeah, this guy's from Venus. It's a parallel solar system. Mm. Okay. Venus is a star, which is funny because a lot of people see Venus in the sky and think it's a star. Uh, Venus is red, uh, which is funny because we've got red gleam back at Euphonauts. Mm. Um, Venus babes which i thought i think they mean like it's perfect like you know babe meaning baby but venus babes aphrodite why not sure um (laughs) venus equals holy book Hmm. now here are the two most interesting i saved these for last venus equals 71 equals eo pan oh geez yeah that's a big one that's a huge one like that's insane because that's going to factor into the very end of our next episode yeah we invoke thee, right? Um, and Venus equals 71 equals fairy, F-A-E-R-Y. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the flip? Yeah. Like, it really is all connected. Now, get this. Aphrodite equals 128. Okay. Okay. So we have, and it, there's only, at this point, I've got so many hits because I'm doing all nine books. So Aphrodite equals 128 equals the falsehood. Uh, cra- okay. Crowned a child. Okay. Emperor. Uh, it equals into death. Uh, it equals the bees. Mm. It equals the end of all. Yikes. Um, it equals the stone, the symbols, the union, wickedness, the food. Mm. Foods and drink, life and death, lust and worship, the beast, the cube, sacred heart, scarlet woman, temples, the city, the dweller, five wounds. But what 
knocked me off my butt today. Aphrodite mm. equals 128 equals I behold pan. The pan again. More pan. Yeah. My favorite type of pizza. Not actually my favorite type of pizza. I like <laughs> it. I like it well enough. <laughs> but, dude, look at yeah, some of a, these hits. It, it's, a, it's a rich yield. It is a very rich yield. And I told yeah. you that this episode was going to be very cypher heavy. And yeah. holy smoke, has it ever Mm -hmm. um any 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 final thoughts on the first half of season two you know it's 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 great it's definitely um you know episodes six through ten are are are, are in a sense really different than episodes one through five episodes one through five it seems like it's very linear get to it get to a town called hellier find a guy named david christie find his the little aliens that live in his property, you know? Right, right. Whereas, whereas now it's almost like everything's like blown open and anything can be a lead or anything can be a clue, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's still great. You know, it's still good stuff. Well, what do you, what are your takeaways? Oh no, I'm completely right there with you. It, it is, it is definitely the thing. Um, I, I think even Greg said this at one point um, in an interview or something is that really season one, season one's the appetizer, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, they're like that. This is this that's the intro. Yeah. You know, this is the greater story. And, and you mm-hmm. really, by the time you get to this point in the season, um, you know, you really get that sense that mm-hmm. this is, you know, what, what started out as in let's, let's go, let's go find goblin. Mm-hmm. Right. right has turned into this kind of grand mystery um, with connections in so many different things. Like I can't even think of enough arms or fingers or appendages that a creature might have to compare it to. Um, although I suppose I could think of one and it's a very eldritch god and I'm not ready to go there at this time of night. Um, but I think we'll see next month with the last five episodes of season two and them releasing the first season is that it's it's it gets only grander and weirder um and and has even greater meaning than what we've talked about so far Mm -hmm. um and i'm excited for that but i'm also looking forward to maybe taking a few days off before i start diving into that research (laughs) <laughs> um, and before we even do that, every month, Seb is going to dig into the old-timey newspaper archives to unearth a story of high strangeness. Oddly enough, descent into the archives. Are are these archives contained in caves, Seb? That's a good question. Is that, because are this, we unearthing that? We we are actually going descending into the earth in this, this article. Um, this is from the Coronado Eagle and Journal newspaper from April 24th, 1928. And the article is entitled Goblin on Guard? Question <laughs> mark. Now, I'm not going to read the whole article, but I'm just going to kind of give us a summary. Natural Tunnel, Virginia. Weird legends of a goblin deranging the mind of marauders seeking treasure which tradition says is buried far up in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia, where nature has formed a natural tunnel for railroads, are told by residents. The treasure is said to have been buried in a cave in the rock walls of the tunnel. Only one attempt has been made to recover it. A box rigged with ropes um, was lowered from the top of the wall. The man in it saw... The cave contained, uh, saw that the cave contained an eagle's nest, and the eagle attacked him. When the man was pulled to the top, he was found to be demented as a result of the terrifying experience. Now, um, I find this article kind of interesting because, well, let me back up. Uh, if any of our listeners are still listening, I really want to salute you because <laughs> um, this episode, it's 
it's I'm so excited to talk about it, but at the same time, there's a really famous internet gif of like a guy standing in front of like a wall with a whole bunch of like weird notes and strings tied between them, trying to convince somebody of like a conspiracy theory. Yep. You know, yep. um, sometimes I feel like that. I feel like that myself. <coughs> but I think this article is really interesting for a couple of reasons. It talks vaguely about <coughs> um, cave goblins. Um, but it's 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 in a community in Virginia called Natural Tunnel. Now this is the thing that got me and just knocked my socks off. Natural Tunnel, Virginia. That's only about forty miles from Hellier, uh, Hellier, Kentucky. So yeah. so here's here's an article about Kentucky or about cave dweller, cave goblins. Excuse me. Only about forty miles forty miles from Hellier, and this is nineteen twenty eight. So this is like what like 90 years before the david emails yeah, more or less which is just that kind of took my my breath away a little bit because i just thought you know what are the odds right That's so an interesting hey. one yep. yeah yep and and uh natural tunnel is still there uh i think you can visit it uh there's a I think it's a state park. It might be a national park. No, I think it's a state park. Um, and there's like there's like a Sasquatch RV. Yes, facility that's right. Or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. sort of Sasquatch related RV park near there too. That's right. <laughs> when we looked that up on a map, I was like, dude, what the heck? That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. All right, man. That is it for this month. Thank you for joining us on this adventure into the weirdness that pretty much surrounds us every day. Whether we realize it or not. Uh, if you've got an experience you want to share with us, or if you have questions, feel free to email us at allnightgeeks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at allnightgeeks. You can follow me on Twitter at busbuddha 71 and you can follow Seb at Clan McMuffin. That's right. Uh, see, subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Joe's you know, Podcast Shack. Um, and be sure to rate and review us as well. And just as importantly, please uh, share us with your friends tweet about us uh word of mouth goes a long way to spread the love around and we'd appreciate it if you tell at least one friend about the podcast uh we want to give big thanks as always to the ghoulies for letting us use hot rods from outer space from their album midnight in america as our intro and outro music please go give them a follow on social media ask them when we're getting a new album and hit up the ghoulies denver.bandcamp.com to buy their music now we've got merch that's over at shop.spreadshirt.com slash n-o-t-l-g that's right shirts buttons stickers um hey we're headed into fall you know slap us on a sweatshirt we won't say no um and go check that out as always huge thanks to kate the steam-powered mouse for doing the show's artwork um and you know what regardless of whether or not you know some people have flown the mission accomplished banner and said the pandemic's over it's kind of not and if nothing else we're probably going into a really nasty flu season um so it's important to help out your local artists and businesses you know please support them first um help them out and if you still want to throw a few bones our way you can do that over at patreon.com slash n-o-t-l-g oh boy Woo, we did it. That is it for this month. Yep, we will catch you next month to wrap up our Road to Hell Your journey. And in the meantime, out. Go find something weird. Good night. Good night, folks. Hellier has spoiled any other paranormal show for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just can't because nothing looks as good. No, yeah.